Welcome to episode 13 of the Crownsman podcast. You will notice first that um, my co-host is not as pretty. Hi, my Rory. apologies, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for that great introduction. You got beautiful blonde hair, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> so this is Rory Bamford. Um, you've seen him on the show before. Gowdy is uh, not able to co-host with me today. Um, so Rory's going to step in and see how things go. You're also running sound today. I am also doing that. <laughs> We're going to see how it goes. Um, and uh, we, we have a guest in today for episode 13 from Power Zone Equipment, the president of Power Zone Equipment, Don Taves. Um, and we're very excited to have him because we've worked a bit together over the last, I guess... 18 months? 18 months, yeah. So Something like that. We've yep. got to know your company fairly well. We've got to know you. and But uh, we've only met... We've actually only met in person once. That's right. And you and Rory haven't met. We, yeah, first time today. Uh, yeah, this morning. St yeah. <laughs> strange world we live in now. <laughs> so thanks for coming on the show all the way from Colorado. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. And Crownsman has done a great job for us. Well, and uh, we appreciate it. Oh, so thank you very much. Thanks. This is my privilege. Yeah, I'm, no, we're very glad. And it, it's kind of circumstance uh you were here, and so we kind of jumped in and did a quick show. So yeah. kind of thanks for doing it such short notice. Yep. Uh, most guests at least get a couple weeks uh, <laughs> prep. <laughs> but Rory's, Rory got thrown in today. You, you kind of got thrown in a couple days ago. So, no, it's uh, – but nice thing about the show, we have time. We're, we're going to walk through, unpackage a little bit about your company, um, a bit about the, engin uh, the engineering that you offer. I think that's – you know, our audience is – they're into the industrial sectors, so especially the engineering side of things. Um, sure. You know, we've had an engineer on, engineer on a couple times, and they're always, the audience is always very engaged with them um, because it's that technical aspect that I think people uh, are really looking for. So let's start off with that. Um, Power Zone, they, you sell used, used pumps primarily, but you yeah. do a lot of engineering um, right. that goes into that. So... Could you just give me a snapshot of what of what that is? Because used and used equipment engineering is not always the first thing that gets put together in a sentence. Yeah. Well, okay. So we started out build or buying and selling used equipment. That's mm -hmm. what I did back in Saskatchewan in the '90s, and we could go back further than that. But the but we started out buying and selling used equipment. Well, then you know a guy will, he'd buy this thing if I fix it a little bit so you hire a mechanic and mm -hmm. next guy you know he would maybe buy it if we if we packaged it with some auxiliary equipment so you so you do that well to do that sometime you need an engineer and so then you end up doing some engineering and then pretty soon it gets a little more exotic and you need a better engineer so you go and hire a better engineer and uh, or more knowledgeable or whatever and so so by now a lot of what we sell is engineered products. But we're still starting a lot of times with a uh, surplus or sometimes a used pump that we rebuild from the ground up. And uh, it isn't just pumps. We'd, we've done a lot with generators and turbines and uh, uh, gearboxes and so on. But it tends to be sort of surround the whole pumping industry. 
Right. If you're doing a generator, it'll be attached to the pump and, and that Most sort of, of thing. Yeah. Most of the time. Was it, when you, so you started this, uh, I guess I always thought it was sort of power zone was, because that started in 99, right? Yeah, we moved there in October 99, released, got started in 2000. Mm-hmm. Right. But we I had a business in uh, Saskatchewan. That uh, you were also engineering. Yeah. In that. And who are you serving more? When you, oh, let, let's go back, but when you were starting in Saskatchewan, who were you serving at that time? Was it mostly the energy sector? The, yeah, it was the heavy oil industry around Lloydminster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big companies and small companies. Big and small. Yeah. And so I guess I'll... I'll Again, it's a short interview, so we uh, fortunately we have the we have the time or short notice interviews. So we have the time, so I'm going to start with the the n- the different types of pumps that you you're sort of typically serving. And I know, I mean, I know you go into one category of pump, and then from there, yeah, it's just multiple different types. Yeah. But is there sort of uh, at least a couple main types of pump that you that Power Zone sort of specialize in? Yeah. Okay, so. When we really sort of started out with pumps, we we dealt a lot with reciprocating pumps, triplex pumps, quintuplex pumps. That just means three plungers or five. Um, and there's simplex and duplex too and stuff. But th- but it's a plunger pump where you have a closed cavity with a plunger or a piston, and there's a little difference. But and it's 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 creating pressure in a closed cavity with valves and all this and that and that and uh, I'm going to say that the engineering is a little simpler. The mm-hmm. math is a little less complex, maybe. But uh, very popular, especially for relatively low volumes and relatively mm-hmm. high pressures. Y- you typically use a, a positive displacement pump. And, th- and there's other kinds of dis- positive displacement pumps, like peristaltic pumps and progressive cavity pumps and gear pumps and so on but our business was a lot surrounding the plunger pumps triplex quintuplex and so on and uh so we bought and sold used pumps and actually when you go way back into my saskatchewan days we started out really buying and selling engines little putt putt engines you know the ones that that run the donkeys mm-hmm. flapping up and down the field. Oh, that's um, that was a main yeah my main m- thing. Yeah, the main thing was you know Sask Oil had seventy engines sitting around that they didn't know what to do with, and I found a guy in Oklahoma that would buy them. Mm. Um, and uh, so we started a lot with engines, and then as time went on, you know, pumps. Uh, we bought a couple of them and made good money on them, so you'd look for more and and. Um, you know, I, in, I guess, I'm probably the world's worst planner. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I follow my nose. Well, I'll take so those <laughs> off. I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if I ever really had a plan, but yeah. we, you know, um, if something worked, you did a little more of it. And right. If something didn't work, you did less of it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and um, and so, it, you know turned out that there was a market for pumps and there was some used ones sitting around and and um and then but then in order to sell it you got to know a little more of it so Mm -hmm. uh, find an expert call them up and pepper them with a few questions and you know people sometimes ask me where i got my education well i say over the phone 
Yeah. Um, uh, call an expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, okay, so then we were doing these reset pumps and engines. And when I moved to Colorado, we did that too. You know, we mm -hmm. we, I sold a lot of of Ajax engines. Uh, it's a particular brand, and there's a particular they they're they're wonderful in that they'll burn almost anything. <laughs> you know, they're not very efficient. They're noisy. They're heavy. They're not. They don't create a lot of power for the weight. The power to weight ratio is poor, but they'll burn the nastiest kind of fuel. And uh, and so they, you know, people like them. They're 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 still popular in some areas. Yeah. Uh, but so then, though as time goes on, you know, there's more electrification and less of a market for that. And then our main customer for them, he quit. He quit buying them and and went another way. So. Uh, more, more and more in pumps, and um, and then though as as time goes on, the as the centrifugal pumps became a more of a thing for us, and 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 our real specialty nowadays is is high pressure multi-stage centrifugal pumps, and we still do the recips, but the the centrifugal pumps are the mathematics and the physics are a little more exotic. Mm -hmm. um a little more engineering involved so so you can you can leverage your your expertise maybe a little better right a little less a little less competition although we have some wonderful competitors out there but you know i mean i say that that one day they're co your competitor next day you're you're they're your supplier and the next yeah, day you're yeah. they're your customer so uh, yeah. uh good people in the yeah. industry so so we as as time has gone on we do a lot more with centrifugal pumps, and uh, especially the high-pressure stuff, uh, which involves high speeds, multi-stage, and uh, and there's yeah, the, there the engineering gets a little little more exotic. Are yeah. those used a lot now in the like the fracking sector, or is it a completely different type of pump? Like what what are they using now? Like as well, fracking grows so much. Yeah, fracking. Because it's done typically at very high pressures, mm -hmm. uh, they'll typically use a positive displacement quintuplex pump. That's okay. the standard it goes, nowadays. It goes back to that. Yeah. Okay. However, the frac water supply is done with centrifugal a lot of time. You get you got to move the water to right. the to the pumping site, and and then there are places where, like in Wyoming, um, in the coal bed methane, they don't need such high pressures, and they need higher yet volumes so there they'll mm. use a centrifugal sometimes um, okay and and uh then if you're moving water up a you know the water's always down below right mm -hmm. and the wells are drilled up high a lot of times yeah so you got to get that water from down below way up high and so we've rented pumps to people that had to lift you know two thousand feet to to get the water to where the frac site is right and uh, and in the one thing you like we deal a lot with the energy industry, oil industry, but in the oil industry and gas industry, you want the oil and gas. What you end up dealing with is water, and and so we sell a lot more water pumps than oil pumps, and we sell them too. You know, pipelines uh, are a good a good market for us, but a lot of times it's water. Water you you use water for drilling. Use water for fracking. Use water for f servicing, and then you end up with water being produced with the oil, with the gas. You got to dispose of it or move it around. Um, 
lot of water pumped in the oil fields. That makes sense. So would you say, is there a percentage? Do you think 80% of the pumps you're selling, I'm, uh, what would be the number of to water to actual oil pumps? Yeah, is? Like, likely 80-20. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and like, like in some oil fields, the, the and I mean, there are some oil fields, they're lucky, they get almost 100% oil. But typically, you, you, you're dealing with a water cut somewhere between maybe 20% to... Uh, some fields are 97% water, so you you're getting you get a nice little bit of oil, but you got a lot of water to deal mm -hmm. with. And sometimes you got a, a zone that'll take that water on gravity. You just pour it in a well, and then the gravity will will uh, push it into the formation. But but a lot of areas your your zones are operating at a higher pressure than that, and you got to push it there, and so then you need a pump and sometimes a very very large one yeah so this is something i've actually wondered about your company and just over the time i just haven't really got a chance to ask is this because i know you do the engineering now are you engineering off of their specifications um and i'm sure this 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 answer changes depending on the company or mm -hmm. are they sending you what exactly they need and then you're building the pumps off those specs or are you actually saying this is what you're trying to accomplish so we're going to build what you need. Well, okay, my my favorite customer is the guy that calls me up and says, hey, you know, I need to move some water. <laughs> and Okay, how much? You know, what are you doing? How far are you pushing it? Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you got to achieve? And then we design a system to make them work. Now, I have engineers that can and actually do read through 80 pages of specs, okay? Uh, if there's 80 pages of specs, then I give it to them. I, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I got a guy that I think actually enjoys that. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> he tells you he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a lot of uh, uh, like the smaller type companies, you know, they don't have an engineer on staff, but they got a knowledgeable guy that knows what he wants to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he might not be a pump expert, but he's an expert at what he does so mm -hmm. then we provide the expertise on pumping and how to get it there right so, so you're actually designing the system yeah they're, they're giving you a goal you're designing the entire system sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. yeah yeah and then sometimes it's very prescribed but i mean l like okay if a, if a customer really has they have their own engineering on staff or they're using a outside engineering group and this and that and in many cases, those projects are planned years in advance and mm -hmm. this and that. And they go to, you know, Sulzer or FlowServe or one of the big outfits, and and we never hear about them. But sometimes they need something in a hurry. I mean, you c they don't have a year to wait. So uh, then they call us, and we get involved. And uh, and the, the, the problem is if you get very, very, very specific about exactly what you want, then our 1,500 pumps in stock aren't enough. We'd need, you know, we'd need 20,000. But, right. um, but uh, a lot of times we'll have almost exactly the right pump for them. But, but if you get really specific about bearing type and, and you know, a bunch of specs, uh, we may not have exactly that. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you simply want to move water from here to there and... Uh, yeah, we'll have a pump for you. If if you specify that it's got to be stainless, we 
might probably have a pump for you yet, but if you specify that you, you, you want a certain type of bearing and a certain this and that, then we may, you know, it, it, the, the, as the specs get a little closer, then, and then sometime we go and buy a new one, uh, like, uh, or, uh, and we modify too. But, uh, the, but our, a lot of our customers, we do the, we do the pump selection, we do the engineering, we get them a system that works. Right. Is that, so how many of your customers, when you start, when, are they, they're building an oil field, so how many of them, how much of your business, you, you mentioned that the, the, now I forgot, the Ajax? Yeah, Ajax engines, yeah, Engine. I love them things. The <laughs> <laughs> Are they allowed to be used in a lot of areas still? No, no. <laughs> no the Clean Air Act kind of wiped them out a little bit. I mean, there, there's areas, and yeah. you know, overseas maybe, but, but uh, yeah, it's getting a little tougher. I mean, nowadays, the, really electric is the right way to go. But yeah. But yeah. hey, they don't make that, is that popping noise. On the pump side as well, <laughs> with uh, the pumps, are they going? They're going electric power a lot for of the most part. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, or you, or you get a you know tier four engine and mm -hmm. and uh, drive it with diesel or or natural gas. Right. Yeah. So what I was going to ask is these. Um, you said that he stopped buying. He switched to a different. So you had to sort of switch your product offering because you were you were selling a lot of those pumps to him. To, you said it's one of your suppliers. How uh, you're talking about one of my customers that was buying Ajax engines. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So how much of your business is once a customer realizes, okay, you can you can adjust the specifications to get what I need to do, but I'm buying. I don't have as much of a lead time. Um, I'm sure if it's used, there's a price. Uh, there's a, a, a there's a bit of a price advantage at times. Price advantage. How much of your business then is built off of? Okay, now I need another one. Now I need another one. Or is it a lot of restart with a new customer and referral for your business? Well, we sure love them repeat customers, yeah. and we get quite a few. But like some of the stuff is built for like it, it, it's not built for for, uh, you know, to use for a week or three months or whatever. A lot of it is very long-term stuff, and they aren't buying one every year uh, in some cases. So, mm -hmm. you know, in some cases, we'll sell something to a customer, and we maybe hear from them three, five years down the road, then now he needs another one. Okay. Yeah. But um, but we, we a lot of our business is repeat, but we, we, we're always looking for the new one, too, because there, I don't know, it seems like there is... Uh, you need the you need the new ones to come along to to make it happen. Yeah, I I noticed with um, from my my a little bit of background with electrical that that you'll run into situations where the electrical has been updated over the last ten years, but someone is still working with within an older system, and so they need very s specific types of electrical to that that can then be inserted into that system without having to replace the entire thing which yeah. costs millions do you run into that with pumping systems or is that not oh yeah do you all see the same thing yeah all the time yep. yeah older yeah. older fields would have like the older older well, equipment styles like okay so you're you know you had a you had a 500 horsepower pump, and your whole system is 480 volt, which works for mm. you know for that maybe. But now you're going to a 3,000 ho horsepower system, and 
now you need a 4160 volt system so in some cases you you end up selling them a transformer and, and helping them design the the whole variable frequency drive VFD system um, switch gear everything has to be upgraded right because they're just everything's bigger but uh, and yeah then there's sometimes that means longer lead times and this and that but we can a lot of times we, we have suppliers for that sort of thing so we can get her done quick that way yeah too. what do you think is the main is is it a is it the cost savings or is it uh, lead times do you think is the main driver for for new customers or is it pretty much is it split well a lot of times it's actually lead time yeah yeah like um, when we rebuild a pump we actually end up with a lot more hours in that pump than yeah well than, that's than the thing because you are engineering things well yeah and and like to take something apart and clean everything up and make it make it pretty and nice again that's time consuming okay yeah. so like when they build that thing new in the factory they don't have to take it apart and they don't have to clean things up it already yeah. is right yeah and, and they put it through their cnc machines and the and like it's it's fast and efficient and, and they end up with not very many hours in it actually mm -hmm. in the final assembly yeah there are a lot of hours go into it before that but so when we take and and there's like we find that small pumps it's not worth it anymore like you, right. you, you don't you don't try and you don't try and rebuild a pump that you can buy new for ten thousand dollars it's mm -hmm. it's not worth it right but you know a pump that's worth a quarter million new yeah we can save them some money we mm -hmm. and and we do but the the real big attraction is if you if you got an oil field coming on and you and you're going to be producing oil in two months mm -hmm. and you're waiting a year for a pump to pump the stuff well in that 10 months of time you can pay for that pump many many times over right mm -hmm. yeah. so the then the the issue is to get it there and get it there on time and uh or you know i mean the, you, you go into mining too i mean you, you your your mine is flooding <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't want to wait a month a, a year yeah <laughs> yeah so. Is that what, well, that I know you do a, a lot primarily in the energy sector, but you do move into mining yeah. um, as well. Is that is that where you get a lot of the mining work is where that, I guess, the dewatering yeah. and projects like that is where your company would really come in, right? Yeah, mine dewatering is, is good for us, yeah. And, but, I mean, there's boiler feed pumps in, mm -hmm. in food plants, in petrochemical plants. Um, there's... Uh, uh, just high pressure, um, high pressure process pumps in uh, refineries and this and that. Um, they just everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I talk about high pressure because that's a little bit of a specialty. But we 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 have many many pumps for all kinds of processes and yeah. So refineries, mining, uh, food processing. Uh, all kinds of process industries. Steel mills. Right. Steel mills have been good for us. They yeah. oh, they, they have a they use uh, these high pressure pumps for descaling. You get you get this you get this mass of of uh, red hot steel coming through and it mm -hmm. goes through a roller and then there's scale on top of it. So they blast they shoot high pressure water at it. Oh. And uh, we rebuilt a pump for a guy in Serbia, uh, an outfit in Serbia that 
their pump was down and it was it, it had a major major crash and they needed one in a hurry so they sent it over to us and we rebuilt it oh they it actually back. sent that pump to you for yeah. you to refurbish yeah yeah well what kind of lead time would that be to that was about i think that one was about uh, it was likely 15 weeks or so that's pretty quick Still yeah. Not, yeah. yeah that's with with shipping and everything it was i think so yeah wow yeah uh, uh, the shipping probably added something to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it going to... Uh, oh, that there was something I... Uh, w- it's a personal favorite topic of mine, is the uh, <laughs> the rebuilt, refurbished debate. Oh, sure. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you for asking this question. <laughs> In the used industry. Um, yeah. It's And it... it uh, I mean, I've seen it get fairly heated before. <laughs> yeah, um, because there is a different view. Well, what what is considered rebuilt? What's considered refurbished? What's considered reconditioned? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've had that what, discussion. What's your take on this? <laughs> we've had that discussion, and and one guy thinks that refurbished is a higher grade than rebuilt, and the next guy thinks exactly the opposite. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know as I actually have answers. Yeah. I I do know that like, I mean. Uh, the industry is a bit, how might one say, a bit tarnished, maybe, but by by, you know, paint job overhauls, mm-hmm. you know, the Sherwin Williams overhaul. Uh, <laughs> uh, we use Sherwin Williams; it's good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you gotta you gotta go a little further than that, right? Yeah. And so, um, so I don't know the right word to use because it, the words mean different things to different people. But the the bottom line is, if it's done right, you get right down to the to the, the the if it's done right. Really, the only difference between new and rebuilt is that you started out with molecules that were already solid instead of liquid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in your steel, right? Uh, you didn't start with molten steel. You started with something that, that that's there, and but it, that was already in a shape. But um, but I mean, at the same time, there are situations where, you know, where some of our stuff you can't get it to that place. Well, then you don't right. try and sell it as a as a zero hour rebuild. You, you, because we we kind of like to use a standard. What would what would I want if I was the customer? Right. And now I know I'm I know what's inside this thing. And would I be happy if I was the customer knowing what's inside there? Yeah, that that's the standard. Well, if we could go then to so if you're doing a rebuild, yeah, that's what is on maybe let's go with the most common type of pump that you sell. On that pump, what is being done to it on a I'll say a, a full rebuild that this is going to be up to uh, up up to full specifications a zero like you said a zero hour rebuild. What's actually going into rebuilding that pump? Well, take it up. Completely apart, clean the parts right down to clean and spiffy like they're new. Yeah. Do a full inspection. Sometimes you end up having to remachine the split line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, new casing rings, new wear rings. Uh, it's basically what, in, like you say, in a centrifugal pump and a lot in a, in a recip also. It's the surfaces that that's what's worn. Okay, right. It's the, the the basic underlying body of the thing is fine. It's yeah, it, it it'll never be affected. But the surfaces are eroded or corroded, or or damaged in some way. 
um, you have to bring those surfaces back to their original condition. Mm-hmm. And when and when you do that, it, it's in no way inferior to a new pump. Right. Now, and I, d- I don't want to, like, there's our, there are some advances, you know, in, in, in the pumping industry, material selection and, and uh, oh, some of the, some of the, like the cooling and the bearing uh, arrangements and that sort of thing. But the, but actually overall pumping technology, actually how you create pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with a, re, a positive displacement or a centrifugal system, I mean, that essentially hasn't changed in 60 years. You know, the, it, it's the, the, the technology is the same. So you, if you have a pump that's even, even as old as I am, you get that thing back to its original condition, and it'll work just as just as well as a brand new one. Yeah. But, but, okay. Then there is such a thing as a thing being wo- being corroded, for instance. Right. And you can't quite get, and you can't get there. Well, then you don't try. But the, uh, but a lot of times that that's actually rare. Most yeah. of the time, we can bring something back to its original condition, and it works like new, and it's good for. Uh, good for many years. Well, th- what I was, one of the things that I wonder is if you, I, I know from from working with you and you know and you know doing due diligence of sort of how you're perceived in the industry and Power Zone's a very respected brand. How do you, uh, how do you? outline that for the customer that you've delivered that you've went in and done all those and you haven't just done a, a done a paint job because once you close it back up <laughs> it is so and i, I know i i asked this question because i know that there are steps that you take to do that yeah so how are you especially to a new customer that's you know they've maybe done a little bit of due diligence but you're a fairly new customer to them how do you uh show to them that we have done all this work what what is it? I mean, it can't. It can't just be brand. You must have have a, a steps that you take through your engineering and that to show that we've done all these steps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a we, we do a pretty extensive pictorial record of the rebuild. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. we we love customer inspections. I mean, mm-hmm. come bring it on. You know, to come and see us. We love right. it. Uh, they they usually leave more impressed than what they come. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we do a. A full rebuild report, mm-hmm. both a detailed, you know, with all the numbers and clearances and stuff like that written in there, and then a, and then a, a little bit of a glossy, just to yeah. show them, you know, the, with the pictorial record of how it came in and what was done. And right. How that's a good. That's a progress. That the pictorial progress. That's a. Yeah. That's a good way to do it mm-hmm. for customers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's limits to that. You know, yeah. uh, if you. If you set out to hide flaws, then you could probably still hide flaws. But right. But uh, we also have a vested interest in making sure that <laughs> it'll actually work. Right. Yeah. So but you do you do do all the documentation and even the pictorials, though. Yeah. So that that's how yeah. a customer, even if they're typically. new. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, yeah. we do. Really good for overseas customers as well if they're not actually able to. Yeah. Come over and inspect. Mm-hmm. Well, how many customers take advantage of? you know, come on and see us, how many, do you get a lot of customers that will actually, I mean, some of these projects are quite expensive, so I don't yeah. know how much the, the 
the pumping is a cost mm -hmm. in comparison to everything else, how many customers actually will come on to site? Well, on the, on the big expensive jobs, we, we probably meet actually meet in person with 80% of them. Oh, is it that high? Yeah, most of them will. Okay. Most of them will send a rep sooner or later. Yeah. 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 It might not be before the order, but uh, during the process. Right. Somewhere. Yeah. That was my next question. Yeah. Are they they're coming mid process to sort of get a feel for what you're doing? And a lot of times. Yeah. 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 yeah and we like it. You know, it's, it's the that's the best way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's a big question um, in the industry is how do people how do you trust? You know, you go to an auction site and the <laughs> you know the the wheel loader rolls off onto from one truck onto yours. What are you getting? Yeah, and it is what it is. Then. It is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. So, but we buy that way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to buy. <laughs> they don't let you, you know. take it apart first. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, sometimes you're disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, most most people are honest though. Well, most. I mean, we buy a lot of yeah. stuff over the phone, and most people will treat you right. There's yeah. A, there's a few that'll hook you, but uh, you don't want to lose faith in humanity right away. Right. Oh. You when you kind <laughs> I guess you kind of over the years you kind of filter start to filter out who to Yeah, yeah, we do. Who to avoid, <laughs> yeah. It's a very it's a as large as the industry is in dollars wise. It's actually a very uh small community once it starts yeah. to break down. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um what, let me move on to the you know, we, you touched on it a bit about building the company. Um, so I kind of wanted to go back into that because it's it's spanned over, expanded over quite a few years. And er every time we talk, um, you know, you get these extra little tidbits. And I really didn't realize you started, you were talking off camera, that you actually started with your father and your, your brother. Yeah. My, the, the, the first business that I was in, yeah, was my, my dad and my older brother. And that was mostly engines and things like no, that? No, no, that oh. was, that was, my dad had a history in manufacturing, actually agricultural manufacturing. Oh. And then we, we tried to become farmers in Saskatchewan and mm. we weren't smart enough for that. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, there we were in a, you know, we kind of caught on that here we are in a, in a heavy oil field and. There was a lot of little weird stuff that they needed back then, and the, this was in the uh, in the eighties, mm. and uh, and uh, so we you know we started building engine mounting rails and gates to keep cows out of the pump jack and <laughs> oh. and you know belt guards, and then we built this little gear drive that we in the heavy oil you want you you want your pump jack. They used normal pump jacks at that time. Nowadays, it's more screw pumps, uh, progressive cavity pumps, but they still use some pump jacks. But they they, they had to turn them very, very slowly. Mm -hmm. So we designed this gear drive. And we called it our planet drive. It was a planetary gear drive that, was, that would go on these putt-putt engines and enable them to slow that pump jack way down. Mm. And uh, the, the just a little history there. The reason for that is that the... The polish rod, the the rod going down to the pump, way to the the pump is way down in the hole. Okay, yeah. And that rod would not fall fast through. It's like honey or roofing tar, you know. And then, and then that that rod is heavy, but yeah. it won't go down very fast. And so you had to turn your pump jack slow enough, so that the rod would would stay in contact with your 
so you didn't have impacts on your uh, mm. uh, and uh, on your uh, horse head. You don't you don't want to impact. You want that to be s mm. go down steady and then come back up. So we we built a gear drive like that and 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 then we started building the little the actual little pump jacks too the the small ones 40s and 57s was the size and we sold many many of them in Kindersley, Saskatchewan and oh up at uh, Spirit River Alberta. Are you still farming at this time no. or <laughs> you know, given that up we, <laughs> yeah. we, we let the smart guys take that one over. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of technology just in that too. That's a different topic yeah, but we, yeah. We'd lost a little money all that already so we yeah. let uh, we 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 rented out what ground we had left and uh, and we started building this stuff, and I mean it went, oh, it went like gangbusters, until suddenly in '86 uh, the price dropped. I don't know if you remember. You're you're too young for that. Heard <laughs> 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 no, about it. Price dropped to nine dollars a barrel. You know. And really. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know it had been up at twenty-eight or so. We thought that was pretty good then. Is this no, the same round? Like this is wh wh when did the interest rates too? They went. Was that the same yeah, period? Yeah, about the same time. It like was eighty-seven. Yeah. That was that was when Japan also crashed, right? So it yeah, was all probably, kind of yeah. happening. And it was then. National Energy Program got in there, and oh yeah, and uh, right. And there was there was a kind of a, a perfect storm of bad things happened to the oil fields, and I mean, suddenly you know we still had our market share, but you know. What's forty percent of zero? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so, the issue. So we we uh, you know and we were we were blown and going building these pump jacks and suddenly I mean we had Conoco they they had a bunch of them on order and they canceled it and I didn't know you could cancel a purchase order and I I don't want to downplay Conoco they had I'm sure they had their own issues nice customer but bottom line they they, they uh, there was outfits that canceled purchase orders. There was outfits that went broke. There was, uh, and it was a bloodbath. And so, you know, we started building logging trailers and this and that, but it was, by that time, it was too little, too late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were, at, I think, probably when we were actually, when the bank shut our doors, we were probably making a little money again. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we probably were. But, but it was too little, too late. So, you know, we were out of it. it like I say, it was three years after the big crash in 86. Okay. When we they closed our doors Friday the 13th oh. of October. Of course they did. Yes, sir. That was the <laughs> day. Of course they did. <laughs> you should never take a call on that date. No. That's, that's a mistake you made. <laughs> I don't think that was a call. They showed up in the yard. <laughs> so then actually I started... Um, I, we were we had really good relationship with our own banker. Yeah. Now his boss, he was a little tough, but uh, it got a little strained with him and and uh, even myself. But you know, I uh, somewhere in there, I decided that um, well, there's actually a verse in the Bible: "Seek the peace of the country in which you're held captive." It was an instruction to the Jews when they went to Babylon. Mm. Seek the peace of the country in which you're held captive. Mm. And that one hit me that what I had to do is I had to start looking out for the bank. That was, okay, they, 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 they hadn't done anything really wrong. We couldn't pay them. So work for their benefit. Mm. 
So I, I started doing that. I started, I would help them. I helped them arrange the auction sale. I helped them, mm. and then I helped them sell off the inventory. They didn't want to put the inventory on the auction. They, you know, you get slaughtered that way. So so I I started liquidating stuff for them. They paid me a real nice commission on that stuff. And that that is actually some of the very first stuff that I did in um, in uh, used and surplus equipment. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, and I mean I enjoyed that. You know, uh, it was I didn't and and you know see suddenly then the cost what it cost in the first place doesn't matter anymore. It's what you can get. Right. Which is which is the principle that you have to operate mm -hmm. in in the any kind of a used equipment market that what you what the thing cost in the first place is of very little import. It's it's what you can get. Right. And so on that principle we sold a I sold a bunch of stuff for the bank and we ended up being you know good friends and uh, a few years later I bought the I bought the building back from them that was the last thing they had to liquidate and uh, oh you oh that was part of the liquidation actually yeah like buying it yeah. back from them yeah well I mean they they had they had listed it and tried to sell it and it was in rural Saskatchewan and right. now, nowadays it's probably worth a lot of money but and in that day and age you couldn't you know you couldn't hardly give it away because you know somebody if they wanted a building they wanted it in Lloydminster right yeah <laughs> so so finally I I made them an offer and they took it and actually financed me um, part for part of it and and this banker that uh, that I uh, that I'd got a little tense with. Um, I had some. I, I I learned some lessons about holding one's temper and gauge uh, in, uh, <laughs> in check <laughs> somewhere in those years. Um, I'm laughing because I'm, sti I'm still learning those <laughs> <Yeah>. lessons. <laughs> I me too. <laughs> so I. Uh, but this banker, he come walking into Norm's office. Norm was our banker. He was always good with him. But John come walking in there and shook my hand and said. You know, this couldn't go to a better man, mm. and that was that was a real, you know, just a like it was a it was a beautiful ending mm -hmm. to what had been a very tense situation yeah. uh, at times. You know, a few years earlier, I mean, there were times when I he wouldn't he wouldn't have waved at me on the street, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so it was good. Yeah. And what 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 that story is is over how many like how many years did it take to liquidate? Well, about three. Three years. Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff was gone within a year, probably. But, but th I think. Well, see, then I rented. I, I actually rented. My, my the the shop was on my dad's place. Mm. So and I was living in this little house trailer with four children by that time, mm. and a little old fourteen by seventy house trailer, and we were, uh, we had a little lean to, but we were crammed in there. <laughs> so, um, we. When when my dad moved out, and he moved down here to BC, mm. over here in Abbotsford, but uh, we really wanted that big house, and it was sitting there empty, and we were a mile down the road, crammed in this little uh, trailer, you know. And mm. then, but we were broke, you know, so you, you couldn't build nothing, couldn't. But um, uh, that's the one time my wife got uh, when the bank turned me down, and uh, we couldn't rent it. Then she wrote a letter to this banker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> very out of character for her, <laughs> she, but she did. When it comes and to it comes to kids, though, then yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So her uh, her mother lion instinct took over somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, and he relented and he rented us that really? house. Oh, that's and and so there I was on the same place as this big shop was, and um, so then I mean it worked out good for me. I w- I helped them then with their auction sale. I helped them liquidate stuff, and then pretty soon they rented me a little piece of it, you know, to put some stuff in and. And then in the meantime, we built a house uh, a mile away. Mm. And, uh, well, then it just kind of made sense to buy that big shop over there mm. instead of building another big one because I, I needed more room. So I bought it from them. And then my, my, my younger brother, he moved back from B.C. He'd get married in the meantime and this and that. And he, he moved back up there and moved into what had been my dad's house. And that's where he still lives. Oh, oh, is he still there? <laughs> yeah. Is he still doing the now is he the one that you mentioned, I think that was before we started recording, that yeah. he when you moved to the US, then he took over the yeah. business you start that yeah. the next business you started. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. My my dad actually moved back there after a while too and, and uh and then him and my younger brother Bernie they okay. took over. And it, it's it's still going, rotation power and equipment. Okay. Um, yep. They're doing a good job of servicing their oil field customers over there. Yeah, so you're they're more the service side yeah. in the oil fields and yeah. then you're in the you're meantime, dad's out of it and Bernie's running it right. himself. But yeah, yeah. They they service the oil companies over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then power and, zone and they, he still buy he still he still does a lot with those putt putt engines. Yeah. He, he's the guy. I mean if I have if I get one I try and sell it to him. Right. right. He won't pay me much. <laughs> <laughs> Older or younger brother? Younger. Younger. He's, yeah. he's 10 years younger. The first, my partner in the first business was an old, uh, a brother, a year older, Randy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that sort of the, the inspiration of how you dealt with the banker over that, I mean, well, the time that you ran into the trouble with them to the time, that must have been over five, five years yeah, or so. Yeah, it was basically from 86 to 89, yeah. So that, that verse has sort of sent you in the, in the direction to work with them. Um, yeah. And I, for me, I've watched, uh, you know, I watch athletes get interviewed or people, and they'll touch on maybe a Bible verse or their beliefs, and then the, I notice a lot of times the interviewer kind of glosses over it and they move on to the next part. Um, I, don't, I never have liked that in an interview because it's sure. such a, a high value to... It's to an essential part of who we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, if you don't have those beliefs, then, of course, it wouldn't be something. But, but you do. And uh, when I, I took the... Tr- I've, I've been down to Colorado. I've seen your facility. I've, yeah. I've met your son, Carson. Um, spoke with him on the phone. I've, I've spoken with people from your team, seen how you operate. And... Uh, been to lunch with you and and said grace before the meal. So uh, it's 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 um it's it's a humble faith you have, but it is very clear that it is part of how you run your business, how you make your decisions. It's clear on how your son conducts himself, and I'm sure your other sons. I haven't I haven't met them. Um. So how much? So I guess that's my take on it. But for you, how much of a role does that pay, play in? In how you operate your business, how you how you've grown. I mean, it, it hasn't been without struggle, as we yeah. just went over. <laughs> so, how much of a role does that play in in sort of your day to day, your your faith? Well, it's. I mean, I guess. Yeah, we're we're no different than anybody. We make mistakes, and we 
and we we fail from our, our ideals sometimes, but it mm -hmm. very at an essential level it informs it informs our our walk of life, mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, I mean if you wanna if you wanna sleep well at night, you you gotta live what you believe, mm -hmm. and uh, so I guess that's that th it's at it's at the heart of I guess I'd say everything we do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I don't know. I, I, the, some people maybe say don't mix faith too much with business or whatever. I, I don't. I don't know how you could not do that. But I. I don't really talk about it so much. But it better inform how we operate. It. It has to. It's uh, like the foundation. Otherwise, it's not. Otherwise, it's not real. So. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I always thought when people kind of gloss over it. And it's, it's you know, it if it's, it, it has to inform a lot of yeah. what you do. Amen. If, yeah. It does. It has to. Yeah. So. And I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I want, what I really want is for people when I'm, when, when I'm done dealing with them that they, that they, not that they admire me, but they admire what I stand for and the, mm -hmm. and the God whom I serve. Now, I'm not saying that I that I get to that level. I I'm I'm still I'm still working on that <laughs> on being everything I would like to be. You're still trying to get the original <laughs> pump at the right price. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, not so that much that. I mean, I uh, you know I like we all do. We disappoint ourselves. Sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, um, yeah. The God whom I serve, um, that he he's he's central to my to my being, yeah. and that's how I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you know, um, yeah, we live in this real world, and we sometimes we disappoint ourselves. That's the like long before I disappoint you or disappoint someone else, I've disappointed myself. Yeah, and I don't like that. Right. <laughs> so you know, that I I guess that's where I'm. That's where I'm coming from on that, but it it does inform, and it should. Yeah, what we do and how we do it. Yeah, well, I think too is I think it's um, you know for for even for myself, uh, my own my own personal beliefs is, I think it can be perceived as. I guess sometimes I see it that it's portrayed as. Um, I, I guess it's this this personal thing. That a lot of people try to, and I, I, I probably similar. To, I don't, I don't bring it into. I don't go into a meeting and let someone know. Okay, these are my my, my beliefs, and this is where I was on Sunday. You know, that's that's not what I'm even thinking about. Yeah. But I do think. I. Th there, the not mixed business with your beliefs and that type of thing. I think it almost it puts it almost is putting a mask on in a way, and I have very few people in my life of any belief that respect that, that oh respect yeah. someone that puts on sort of a facade. Mm -hmm. And so why would, again, I'm not going to walk in and talk about the topic that is not what we're meeting about. Yeah. But um, but if I'm going to go in and somebody wants to get to know me to do business with me, I don't want them to be surprised by something a year later. Yeah. You yeah, know, and it's yeah. it's sort of a strange thing. There's a professional way to do it, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's and it, it could almost lead to dishonesty if you're not sort of who just who yeah. you are, and your faith is, it's a huge part of who you are. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, like, I, I mean, I've been told sometime or before that, that you know, that if, if the first thing a guy tells you is how good a Christian he is or whatever, <laughs> uh, watch him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, that hurts. That hurts me because it's not supposed to be that way. But, mm. I mean, I actually have been, I mean, I, I, I've been hooked by a guy that, that was, he was very, very open and forthright with his faith. Yeah. But it wasn't something that really informed his decision-making, you know. No. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, it, and uh, it wasn't God's fault, you know. It, 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 it was him that was astray, you know. God's yeah. still the same. He's trustworthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time. Well, and I think that's and that's why I brought it up, even within this in this format, because like I said, when I came out to when I came out to Colorado and spent some time with you, and I got to spend a couple of days. It wasn't just an hour meeting, and you know, um, it wasn't. There was when I actually think about it, there was really no talk of faith, but it was, it was. That's what I said. It was sort of a, a humble faith. I hope and, so. And that, <laughs> and so that leaves an imp- that left an impression on me. Why, why I bring it up? And I, and I, so I, I wanted to, when we were talking the pre-interview, you basically said, "No, there's nothing that's off limits. You can go ahead." So <laughs> I went ahead. <laughs> Works for me. I, and I, I regard a hu- humility as the essential human virtue that mm-hmm. we need, because it's the only thing we can come to the table with when we meet our Maker. Right. Is is our humility we we better not we better not go there figuring on our goodness being very impressive because it ain't <laughs> right <laughs> you can only try <laughs> yeah you can only try um and and i'm going to completely switch gears on you and um <laughs> but it does be but it leads into this because uh, no, i want to talk about the difference when you're dealing with you were talking about specifications, uh, different companies. You know, you sometimes you're engineering it. There, where is there, when you're dealing with a large company as opposed to a small oil supplier, mm-hmm. what is, what is the big differences you you see when you're trying to provide a a large company that's got, I mean, you know, they're multiple oil fields, multiple yeah. interests. They might own several different companies or more as opposed to uh the guy who's drilling his second well you know that yeah. kind of thing what yeah. is the main difference either both professionally how how they are but also the different challenges and and dealing facilitating those transactions with those two very distinctly different type of of uh customers yeah yeah the 80 pages of specs versus you know, here's what I need to do. Help me do it. Yeah, and executives and banks yeah. and and all the different yeah. things yeah, that come into play. Insurance requirements. And yeah, and uh, you know, uh, and uh, you gotta like you gotta relate to the whole industry. And mm-hmm. and I mean, there's there's area there's area like if if somebody wants 36 new matching pumps, you know, to to do a pipeline, we're, we're kind of out of that game. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll get there someday. I don't know, but but uh, but that same outfit, you know, they have a spur line that mm. somebody wasn't doing enough planning early enough or whatever, and now now their main pipeline's almost done, and they and they need to get this spur in there, so yeah. they need they need two pumps, and and they'd prefer them to be matching. So then, you know, that same outfit might call us, 
and uh, and like a lot of times it, it it's uh, like okay wh- why why do they have eighty pages eighty pages of specs they, because th- there's a reason for every one of them right mm. but sometimes the guy that wrote those specs uh, I mean forgive me but I'll say he doesn't know as much as I do about right. that, about that <laughs> particular subject. <laughs> he knows more than I do generally, but you know about a particular thing, mm-hmm. maybe. But whatever. So we, so we can relate to that, and w- and but then I get my engineer to do it. He, he's good at that, right? And we'll uh, and we'll prepare that kind of a quote, um, and then, but the small guy. I mean, uh, I, get, I What's the what I know? The essential human need is to be respected and appreciated, right? So, uh, like we have people call us, and and uh, they're s- they're a small customer, but hey, treat them like they're real too, because they might, even if they aren't, maybe nowadays they they might someday be a big customer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. so you try and treat them that way too. So we'll we'll, um, but they don't have the bunches of specs. They have they just have a project they need. Need a little help engineering it. Yeah. We do that for them, right? So their their demands. So what they, and essentially because you're building it using your own expertise, not off trying to uh, filter through the engineer, the the other the companies that sent you their eighty pages. You're not having to re-filter all that right through them. So you're able mm-hmm. to facilitate, which obviously yeah. Time, time is money, so you're able to facilitate to a smaller customer. Yep. And mm. more within his budget as opposed to the 80-page yep. version mm. of it, right? Yeah, and I mean, some of them, you know, they they, they, they don't have a lot of money to work with. Right. Uh, they'll, they'll accept something, you know, a little older, a little, uh, maybe a little less ideal, maybe not bang on spec. Right. Um, save some money and get into production. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're... We're good with that. Right. I guess that's when used. It's always different. Every mm-hmm. product is a little bit yeah, a little everyone. bit different. And lots of the customers have, it seems like from being in that industry, there's when it's a smaller customer, it's a range. Yeah. If you can yeah. find that yeah. range, yeah. you can exactly. fit them in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we love them guys. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, part of our bread and butter. It's yeah. a back, and it's a backbone of so, mu- so much of the industry yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, it always surprises me that um, even here in, in BC, that when you look at how many businesses are small businesses, mm-hmm. it's a staggering amount. Yes. You think, because the big companies you see, you see the Walmarts, you see yeah. uh, for shoes, you'll see Nike, you'll see the big oil companies. But once you get below that, it spreads out across I mean, thousands of people, well, millions yeah. of people employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The millions yeah. of one or two people company, you know, it's yeah. just, it's staggering, actually. It really um, is. Yeah. You know, for anybody who's watching the show, I mean, take a moment to look through and you'll see, yeah. they talk about small companies, how much of everything mm-hmm. is built around these little tiny companies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it's yeah. it's something. And they don't really hit the news, you know. No. No, no. So some big outfit lays off 500 workers, that, that gets in the news. Yeah. But what's not in the news is that those same 500 workers are, most of them are snapped up in the next couple of months by small companies that are that are just out there doing job and not making waves in the papers, but yeah. they're, they're just doing it. Yeah. yeah. 
And some great little, co- I mean, there's a lot of people that do very well with those little companies. Yeah, they just, they don't, Amen. they don't spread out too thin and they just can keep kind of going along. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've done a couple, I, I, we'll keep it, uh, where are we at? We're at an hour. We're at an hour, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got 15 more minutes. <laughs> 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 I got to ask about a couple or, or even just one or two interesting projects that, that you've done. Because I know you've done, I, uh, again, being at when I was at your, your shop and your office, I saw the, the map with all the little yeah. little uh, <laughs> pegs of where you've done works in the world, and it's quite impressive. Yeah. Um, there must be a couple projects though, that stand out. You know, the first one that comes to mind. You know, that kind of go, yeah, <laughs> that was quite the that was quite the deal. Yeah. Well, one one fun one was we we uh, we got a call from an out of gold mine in Ghana, mm. Mm. and their mine was flooding. Their pumps had failed. Uh, several of them kind of in a chain and and uh, we just happened to have a pump that we had been from a cancelled order from a oil pipeline yeah and it was sitting there and we shipped that thing within a week um, don't want to sound like we could always do that <laughs> <laughs> it's but great when you can <laughs> though it's so we no one week guarantee <laughs> on the website <laughs> 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 but we shipped her over there on an airplane a big pump like if uh, I don't know, thousand horsepower. Oh, uh, and uh, and my son Carson went over there, and uh, a half a mile below sea level, um, they're oh. they're, they're uh, inland a little ways, but the elevation isn't real high, and that they were down. I think they were pumping from the nine hundred meter level, and uh, put that pump down there and got her pumping, um, and. Uh, Later, I went over there, too. I got down to the... Oh, you did go I, over there. I didn't uh, realize that. Later, yeah, yeah. And so I've, I've been a half mile below sea level. <laughs> the water was coming in, too. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Into the mine. <laughs> you, you could see... I mean, you could see why they needed pumps. You know, yeah. it was, there, was, there was water dripping everywhere. And when you and when you, when you you actually got down there to the to where the pump was, they, I mean, of course, they had a big sump and they had other pumps yeah. pumping from different places. But there was water flowing, you know, where we were walking and... So you could you could definitely see why uh, I think they said that um, if their pumps would all fail that they would they'd get six feet a day of water rise in the in the mine. This so is an open pit. No, oh no. shaft mine. Oh, it's a shaft mine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're oh intre- So yeah. you're underground then. Yeah. And it's filling up with water. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're underground and it's filling up. With Probably water. a gold mine. I yeah. Yeah, gold mine. Ghana has lots of gold. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that was a neat that was a neat experience, and uh, um, yeah, and uh, we 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 built some um, very large. Uh, we we got five uh, twenty V four thousands. That's a large MTU engine, uh, uh, kind of built in Germany mm-hmm. at thirty six hundred horsepower, and we built some centrifugal pump packages with those for that went to Colombia. Oh, yeah, to do dewater or uh, water injection, water disposal injection in Colombia. That was a fun job. That was back in 2012. Yeah, and those are uh, massive units, right? Those MTUs. Yeah, those are. Yeah, they're big. They're, that that was the biggest engine we could find. That <laughs> was. There's bigger engines, but they turned. When you get be- much beyond that, they turn to be big, slow speed engines okay. that get very, very heavy. 
So these were 1,800 RPM engines. They're still they, that they, big? And, or and still that fast? Yeah, they, they had 20 cylinders, um, 3,600 horsepower. And, uh, and uh, yeah, then a gear, box, a gear increaser and then the pump. And we got some special uh, disengageable couplers made in Germany. And, um, and uh, it was a bit of an engineering project. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. What's your team like when they uh, – I, I know you only paid for two-hour parking, so I, I'll, I won't <laughs> keep you too much longer. But um, what's your team like when they get, uh, when they get those types of projects? Is it, is it sort of an exciting thing for that to show up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. E everyone's enthused. Yeah, we, uh, we, um, we work uh, – have a tremendous team. Like, you know, I talk to, I talk to other business owners and so on, and they, you know, talk about how hard it is to get good help and this and yeah. that. And I mean, I know I'd be polite, but, uh, but uh, I, I, we, we have a tremendous team of good people. Yeah. Uh, and even, I mean, the – some people complain about the new generation. I don't. Hear, I'm here. I'm talking to a younger guy, so I better be careful. But <laughs> yeah, we yeah we're going to get so offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I might really just be aging well. You never know. I mean. <laughs> but really, in, you know, in my experience, uh, yeah, some some there's been some cultural shifts in this and that. But but it's the same good stuff. Yeah. In the young people of today, uh, and. Uh, we have a just a really really good team of people yeah and uh, a lot of them not all of them are people of faith but a lot of them are mm -hmm. and um we have a drug-free workplace that helps to weed out some of the 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 ones that maybe in the long run shouldn't be there yeah mm -hmm. but um yeah good people well, I mean, I met, uh, I got a chance, I, well, I spoke with Carson many times, uh, your son, and I mean, he's just, you know, of course, your son, you might be a little bit biased, <laughs> but from my perspective, I mean, he's just, he's just gold. He's one of those. Yeah, he's good. And he asks lo a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, he, he'll just kind of keep picking away until he, he understands it. And, yeah. you know, you can see that when you go out, when I, when I saw your facility, you can see it, that. It's it's the result of questions. How are we going to do this? You can just <laughs> see the set the setup of it, yeah. and that I, I don't you know you can you meet you meet some companies and you meet sort of the the leader of the company, and you just see them imprinted over everything, and it's a compliment to their their brain power. But there's the other type when you go and you can see that there was a result of a lot of input, sure. And I think that I think long term that gets a lot better results. And I, I could really see that even in the in, even in the meeting with your team, mm -hmm. you can see that there was. Well, I remember I was getting questions from everybody, <laughs> 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 and which is what you're looking for because then sure. then it um, you're you're not just getting one one person's okay. I one person doesn't know this, so my whole job is going to be to explain this one thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've seen it with people that it'll get will get hung up on that one thing. And it's and there's a whole bunch of other really important things. How true! And <laughs> it just gets basically glossed over because one yeah. one person's sitting there and they just don't say anything. And I found it was very clear that no, there is there is three or four people sitting here, and each one of them has an agenda that. And I just and it was very it's just very clear. Um, you know, in a short little interview, it's hard to describe, but it sure. And it d is that an on purpose thing? For you, do you do you run the company like that, or is it or is it more personality? Um, 
Well, yeah, we're we do stuff by consensus. Uh, yes. You know, I, if, if there's one dissenter, you really kind of want them on board before you really go ho go forward. And I'm not saying we always would, but yeah. But in general terms, we run on consensus. Oh, uh, interesting. And, and um, uh, so it's not very autocratic or top driven or whatever. You yeah. know. Uh, Okay, I have two boys that work with me, but and and I have a couple of sons that don't, and a daughter and a son-in-law that don't either. But uh, although I've been in business with most of them uh, in other ways too, but so um, but I'll tell you a little story the that really informs how I operate mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, when I had my oldest sons were I don't know maybe fourteen and eleven or something like that, and. and um, and they always wanted to go and work for my brother Bernie. <laughs> 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 and I'd work for them, you know. But they'd always, you know, invariably, I mean, and he could get them to do the nastiest stuff. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, they'd go over there, you know, and dig in the mud or whatever, and, and, and love to work for him. And, and so I, I don't know just what the conversation was, but w one day I asked my son, and, and this Trevor, he still works for me and, or with me, and he um, and I don't know this come up in conversation. He said, "Well, Dad, he says when I work for you, it's like I'm working for you, and when I go to Bernie's, it's like I'm working with him." Mm -hmm. And boy, that hit me square between the eyes, you know, like and like that kind of honest feedback, you should pay extra for it. But yeah. I got it for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you sit up and. I mean, I really sat up and took notice. You know what was what what was really happening underneath here, and and and, and I I'm not I don't know exactly what I changed. I think my boys and my people there. I think if you would ask them, I think they would say, uh, "Yeah, I work with," and that's the term I like to use. I I, I work with these people. I work I work with my sons. They don't mm -hmm. work for me. They they're yeah. smarter than I am by now. They're uh, they're uh, better working and uh, are. Better looking and and more accomplished, and they get more done too. But uh, but they, and but you know what? They still appreciate me, uh, and and that's been the secret of our family. Mm -hmm. That's really been the I I think at the essence of how well it works. I know I talk to a lot of guys that have their children, you know, or tried to, or or maybe even still do have their children work for them. But there's I hear you know I hear sometimes business owners tend to share a little bit sometimes and I hear of situations where it doesn't work very well you know and I I, I wish it did because I'm a big believer in in dads working with boys and boys working with dads okay mm -hmm. and and I I wish it did work better for everybody because mm -hmm. because uh, I love that but um but I I've thought sometimes you know like when when I when I think of working with my boys and I I always think I'm getting the I'm getting the long end of the stick. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting more out of this than what than what I deserve. Mm -hmm. And you know what they feel the same way. And and so that's a lovely way to run a partnership, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so uh I don't know. I'm it's not that I'm so smart or good, but I've had some I've had some nice some nice instruction along the way and some of it come from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Don, thank you very much. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a good note to wrap up on. And, uh, and I want to thank you for coming. We appreciate you coming out here and, uh, and uh, 
we extra appreciate just just being open and kind of letting us just ask the questions. Sometimes we're in quite a structure <laughs> within sure. these shows, so it's nice to just be able to kind of ask what I want and we're ready to jump in. So we appreciate it. Thank yeah, you very much. Great. Likewise, I enjoyed it. Thanks right. a lot, Don. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, we are going to wrap up the show now. Uh, for thanks for joining. Thank you, Rory, for uh, for co-hosting with no me. No problem. Today. That was great. Uh, you will not be rehired to do it again unless Scotty's out. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but you, you'll but if I improve on my looks, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you'll be jump. You're always jumping in on the yeah, show absolutely. and that, and booking absolutely. guests for us. And so, yeah. But appreciate short short notice coming in. Um, Glad I could help with the sound. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, please follow us on, uh, I'm going to do Gaddy's bit and butcher that as well. Uh, <laughs> please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all at CrownsmanP. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's a little bell there too that you can get so you actually get notifications. Um, and believe me, when you subscribe, YouTube will send you notifications because I get lots now. Um, and you can always listen to our podcast. I think we're on... We are uh, on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are now also on the first one we were on. Anchor. Thank you. Yeah, Anchor. Anchor. There's a whole bunch of them. So basically yeah. look up look up the Crowns. Wherever podcast. you listen to podcasts, look us up and find all the episodes there. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. And we will see you for the next show.